Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your morning pitching podcast from Pitchels.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is May 28th, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. Quick note, I am not doing the list on Monday. It is Memorial Day. Enjoy that. I'll be doing my live stream, putting it on Tuesday. I'll also be doing it on Tuesday the following week, as I will be in Asheville. Uh, for a wonderful wedding next week. I'm also going to be hosting something on Sunday at 4 p.m. in Asheville, North Carolina. If you're in the area, reach out on Twitter. Let me know. I'll be posting on Twitter where I'll be about 4 o'clock. I don't know quite yet. It'll be some bar in the city. Uh, I'm not exactly sure yet, but I'm looking forward to meeting some of you. It's just a fun time, and I'll be uh, putting out the list that week as well. Also on Tuesday, I'll be flying back on Monday. But Tanner Bybee yesterday, six innings, one earned run, two hits, one walk, and nine strikeouts against the Cardinals. And that was a 288 whip. Sorry, ERA, 108 whip, 25% strikeout rate, and a 6.6% walk rate on the season. Great stuff for Tanner Bybee. He's really come through for those that went out off and got him when he got his call earlier this year. But what is he right now? And I took some time in the roundup to really go through it. For the most part, what I'm seeing is that Tanner Bybee isn't getting the most out of his fastball quite yet. It's about a 9% swing strike rate. I think that's more of a pitch that should be 11-12 if he's able to elevate that properly. And I know that's his intent. He just hasn't been able to do it yet. The slider is a real hero as a foundation of this approach. It's been a really good pitch for him. Not necessarily an elite plus-plus pitch, but it's been very, very good for him. While the changeup has actually been excellent, 40% CSW on the season, 71% last night against the Cardinals. The changeup needs, to, sorry, the curveball needs to do a little bit more. He's throwing it early at 88% of the time that he throws a curveball. It's in an early count, but he only has a 52% strike rate. He's got to land that in the zone a little bit more. Overall, I see Bybee as a really good package that will get better as he gets more time, as he really refines it. Does what he wants to do with the four-seamer. And really should be throwing that change in more than about 14% of the time. He threw it 17% in this one. But I feel like that's a really strong offering and should be more like a 25% offering pitch. Maybe reduce the four-seamers and really lean change-up slider with that surprise four-seamer. That's what I see from Tanner Bybee. I think there's a lot to like here. He is a traditional Guardians pitcher, honestly, with those two really good secondaries and not really the best overwhelming four-seamer. Zach Wheeler, ace is going to ace. Great to see him do great things with the breaking stuff. Michael Lorenzen came through as a stream pick of the day. Only 22% CSW rate, though, and 6.2 innings of, of shutout baseball. Only three base runners and four strikeouts against the White Sox. I don't necessarily need to do this again versus the White Sox because Lorenzen really isn't that electric pitcher. But it could work, and I'll probably have him the top of the questionable start to maybe the bottom of probable start. We'll see. Luis Castillo got a golden goal, 24 whiffs and 39% CSW and six shutout frames against the Pirates, 10 strikeouts is exactly what he should be doing. Andrew Heaney against the Orioles, weird start, he got the win, seven innings, one earned run, four hits, one walk, and three Ks, five whiffs and 23% CSW, kind of weird, but I'm glad he made it work, he gets the Mariners next, that's fine, I guess, I hope the whiffs come back, only one out of 15 on the slider, which is not what we want. Corbin Burns. 
I've been wondering if he's going to get his Ace is going to Ace label removed tomorrow, or I should say on Tuesday. He survived it here. Seven innings, one and run, four hits, three walks, and eight strikeouts. A cutter was good. The cutter, sorry, the curveball and the slider are the real problems right now, I think. I really need to see those become bigger weapons for him. The slider only was thrown once. The curve was disappointing. Uh, it did have a high strike rate, near 70%, but it wasn't this big, overwhelming pitch. The changeup is really the one that actually helped as the proper number two in this. So I hope that Burns finds something with the secondaries, because I really don't believe the cutter is actually bad. It's not really the thing that's the problem. He just needs more support with it, and I hope he doesn't allow the home runs in Cincinnati next week. Logan Gilbert came through against the Brewers, 11 strikeouts here, 7 innings, 1 run, 5 base runners, and you're thinking, oh, it's a new slider, of course, mm-mm-mm-mm. <laughs> Sub-50% strike rate on that, 2 out of 13 whiffs for Logan Webb slider, no. The sinker dominated the zone, tons of called strikes, and guess what, the changeup was thrown 51 times for 13 whiffs, that's a near 25% swinging strike rate above it, and it was against the bottom tier offense. Fine. I want to see that slider become more of that overwhelming pitch to really make me believe that Logan Webb can maintain an elite strikeout rate again. I mean, we're seeing these 11 strikeout games. We saw in the opening opening day start. We saw it uh, the previous one with that good slider. But without that slider, it's not as sustainable. Jack Flaherty against the Guardians. I think it just had a, a good result against a terrible offense. Seven innings, one and run, seven hits, one walk, and four strikeouts. Only six whiffs and 24% CSW. Only two out of 36 whiffs for Flaherty's breaking pitches in this one, and that's not quite right. 92.3 velocity, not the 93-94 that we like to see. But hey, it's the Pirates and the Reds in St. Louis in the next two starts, so I think we just keep rolling with it. Luis Severino looked pretty good against the, the Padres. 6.2 innings, one and run, one hit, three walks, and five strikeouts. But just six with 27% CSW. I, I do like the fact that the slider had a 47% CSW. Changeup wasn't very impressive. And he was at about 98 miles per hour. I think Luis Severino is doing exactly what he should be doing. He's getting his footing. He's throwing hard. He's getting more feel back for a slider. And I think over time, we are going to see that Ace is going to ace a label return for Luis Severino. Just stay healthy, buddy. Shoya Otani against the Marlins was an ace is going to ace. Nothing really to be concerned. I know the whip is annoying. Framber Valdez came through, but not in the massive way that we would normally expect against the Athletics, but all is good there. 1 out of 13 CSW on the cutter is stupid. I, I'm, I'm annoyed because I really got excited about that pitch and maybe transforming Valdez into a legitimate ace is going to ace guy. But now I'm still worried about that whip. What do you know? This good start against the Athletics is a 117 whip because that's just what Valdez does. Garrett Wetlock returned from the I.L. Also, some other guys did, and we have Charlie Morin. What are we going to do there? And Michael Walker, we're going to talk about all of those after this break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat. But Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. And they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. 
Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Garrett Whitlock against the Diamondbacks got the win. Five innings, one earned run, three hits, zero walks, and four strikeouts. Only eight whiffs, 25% CSW across 92 pitches. But I think Whitlock is doing things with all three of his pitches. As sinker, changeup, slider, I like this. It's kind of interesting. The Red Sox now have a full rotation. Bayo, Paxton, Sale, Hauk, Whitlock. And they're all in a good groove. I know Paxton's a little weird. He had that bad start last time. But still, it feels like a proper rotation in Boston, finally. That's kind of cool. I like Whitlock on a lot now. He does get the Angels next, which isn't ideal. But he gets a really nice schedule after that. And if you have Whitlock right now... I would try not to uh, activate him off the IL, um, but it's really, really nice where he's at. And I think moving forward, you're in a good situation with the Woodlock. By the way, it might be the Rays. I can't quite remember if it's the Rays or the Angels. It is the Rays. Okay. So I don't love that start for Whitlock. I would keep him in the IL if I could. But most situations, you're going to have to activate him. And I think it's still worthwhile because the schedule is so good. And I don't know if I'm going to start him against him, but it's going to be a questionable start. Chase Anderson against the Mets in cores. Who cares? Five innings, one and run, four hits, one walk, and four Ks. Don't do this. Michael Walker against the Yankees. Seven innings, two earned runs, five hits, zero walks, four Ks. The changeup was at 37% CSW. You love to see that. Fastball cutter curve were good enough. And it comes through next. I don't really like that matchup from Michael Walker. So I would be a little careful there. Charlie Morton against the Phils. 5.1 innings, two earned runs, seven hits, four walks. But nine strikeouts, 22 whiffs, 39% CSW. Very strange start to have a near two whip here. Um, despite those high CSW rates and high whiff rates. It's a 147 whip right now for Charlie Morton. And that just feels so wrong when he has a 32% CSW. That is 13th best in the majors. It just don't, normally doesn't work out that way. I think we just got to keep moving on with Charlie Morton. Brady Singer had... A start we're going to accept here. Five innings and 200 runs. Four hits, three walks, and six Ks. We got eight whiffs on the slider. We, I think we really haven't seen that slider dominate as much as we have in the past. And the sinker did what it's supposed to do with its called strike. So we definitely hold on for the Marlins next. Jesse Schultons is not the guy that you want to chase. Only 4.2 innings and 200 runs and six base runners against the Tigers. No, thank you. Josiah Gray against the Royals was pretty disappointing here. Four innings, 200 runs, four hits, three walks, and four Ks. Now he gets the Phillies, the Diamondbacks, and the Astros, and I kind of feel like this is the time, if you haven't yet, to get to move on from Josiah Gray. As yes, he has a good ERA, 277, but it's a 141 whip with a 19% strikeout rate, 11.6% walk rate, and he pitches for the Nationals. That is not a good win chance. So I don't really want to play the ERA game with Josiah Gray. Zach Davies against the Red Sox came back from the IL, 3.1 innings, only threw 75 pitches, still ill, all that kind of stuff. But the changeup wasn't really there. Uh, 50% strike rate. Sinker in a lot of called strikes. Two earned runs, by the way. Five hits, two walks, three Ks in those 3.1 innings. He does get Rocky Road and Washington next. So Zach Davies could be someone that you want to stream for those. It's not out of the question that the changeup does return in those games. Austin Pruitt opened for Hogan Harris against the Astros. And here's something interesting. He went five innings, zero and runs, one hit, one walk, five Ks against the Astros. And I watched this. I was like, wait a second. Who is this guy? Only five hard hit balls. And how did he do this? Well, he's a crafty lefty. He throws sliders. Sorry, fastballs in the zone. Had a cutter curve and changeup that all did well. Earned outs. He's a Toby. And guess what? 
he gets the Marlins in Pittsburgh next. Because I imagine he's taking Kyle Muller's spot in the rotation. Oh boy, that is your sneaky, sneaky two-start, not a two-start week, but Marlins in Pittsburgh next, Hogan Harris. This might very much work. He might not even be opened for, uh, because this was 77 pitches, and I feel like Hogan Harris can just start. Very interesting. Dean Kramer against the Rangers, 6.1 innings, 300 runs, 5 hits, 2 walks, and 5 Ks. Honestly, I'll take a near, a slightly better, poor quality start from Kramer against the Rangers. He gets the Giants and the Brewers. I think that's fine. Uh, maybe I am uh, underrating the Giants' offense, but I think that's okay. I think one of those two should work. More likely than not, it's the Brewers, but still. Edward Cabrera against the Angels, 5.2 innings, 300 runs, 4 hits, 4 walks, 5 Ks. Yeah, the big issue is usually the fastball strikes. They're just 50, 56% fastball strikes. But more so, the, ch- the not the change, the curveball, 48% strike rate. Oh boy, that needs to be a lot better. The change did what it's supposed to do. The curve's supposed to come through more than that. He gets Oakland and Kansas City next, so we're going to start Eric Cabrera. But it's just about strikes to me. Just throw more strikes. Your stuff, especially your curve and change, are just so good. Tyler Glasnow returned. This was an interesting matchup. It was Kershaw versus Glasnow. Clint Kershaw quickly, didn't do well, don't worry about it, he's fine, he's had a really bad week, and I feel so much for him, so he's fine. Glasnow returned from the IL, he was great, I know the the result wasn't 4.1 innings, 300 runs, 5 hits, 1 walk, but 8 strikeouts, 17 whiffs, 41% CSW, he got strikes with the slider, curve, and fastball, you love to see it, he is back, 83 pitches, probably he's not going to hit 90 next time, but I think 2 starts he will. Yeah, you should feel really good about Tyler Glasnow right now. Just stay healthy. Pablo Lopez against the Jays. 5.2 innings, 4 and runs, 5 hits, 3 walks, and 6 Ks. It was against the Jays. He got the win. He settled down after a tough early uh, early uh, performance. And he didn't have a good feel of the changeup, but he still got through uh, 5.2 innings. Props to Lopez in that way. Um, I imagine he's going to be really good moving forward. Uh, Jameson Tyone against the Reds. 4.2 innings, 4 and runs, 6 hits, 1 walk, and 5 strikeouts. Nice to see 20% sweepers from Tyone, but there's more work to be done. He might get the Pirates in about three starts, so don't start for the next two. Then you might want to pick him up for that. Brandon Williamson against the Cubs. 4.1 innings, 4 and runs, 6 hits, 3 walks, 3 Ks against the Cubs in Wrigley. Yeah, he was good in pitch separation. Like, I don't think he's necessarily terrible. This could have been better for him. But he does get the Brewers next, and there is a chance for that to be a decent stream. He'll be in my questionable start uh, of my... Streaming rankings, that's tier three. Vince Velasquez returned from the IL, and he left with elbow discomfort, so he's likely going to go back on the IL, which means that either Ruanza Contreras or Luis Ortiz, whoever was going to get knocked out of the rotation, is still going to be in it. And we have Luis Ortiz going tomorrow. We didn't know if that would be Ruanza or Luis Ortiz, but now the clarity is there that both of them are going to be still around. Um, I feel so bad for Vince Velasquez because he was just figuring it out. You knew that the slider was it, and now he's hurt. It stinks. Justin Verlander inside, of course, could not do what Scherzer did and got demolished. Five innings, six earned runs, nine hits, one walk, two Ks. I am going to remove his aces gun ace label because I think I jumped the gun of the return of Verlander and we really haven't seen him act like an ace yet. So I'm going to remove that. I know it's cores. It feels weird doing it after the cores, but really it's it's not cores. It's the guy. He's just not quite there. He's not dominating with the four-seamer as much. I think he's going to get it back. But then again, he gets the Jays in Atlanta next, and I know your worry and anxiety at being a Verlander manager, so I get it. Good luck. Chris Bassett against the Twins last one here. Four innings, seven earned runs, nine hits, two walks, five Ks. 
He got tagged early on, and then he allowed two home runs in the fifth when he came back out. Not fun to see it. What are you going to do? I'm not too worried about Chris Bassett. Even though he was down a tick across everything, it's not enough for me to say, oh no, he's totally ruined now. Absolutely not. Looking forward to today and tomorrow's games. I know that many have started already. I apologize. It's a Sunday. You know this podcast is going to come out a little bit later. It's all right. You have you have the streamers for yesterday already because I did them yesterday, and there's not much to change here. Uh, Spencer Strider, Javier, Cole, Darvish, Cease, Eduardo Rodriguez. I have not seen any results, so I, I'm standing pat with everything I said here. Those are auto starts. Uh, probable start here, Drew Smiley, Alex Cobb, Patrick Sandoval, Merrill Kelly, Jordan Montgomery, Yuri Perez, Marco Gonzalez as the streamer, and Tanner Houck here in the probable start tier. I hope all of them are doing well. <laughs> Questionable start tier, Mackenzie Gore, Bailey Ober, Luis Ortiz uh, coming in hot against the Mariners. Uh, I I hope he's doing well today. Uh, Jose, Jose Brios and Colin Ray. Luis Ortiz, by the way, was a little shifty on just because, yes, he had a good start last time, but I don't really know if he's going to get the same results on the fastballs he did. Um, and the slider hasn't been electric. Jose Brios has been good, but we all know he's a great undulator, so we hope that um, he sticks that way. And Colin Ray, maybe that does work against the Giants. And in the do not start, I'm really curious what Daniel Lynch does in his return today against the Nationals. Luis Medina, Kyle Bradish, Graham Ashcraft has been so bad. Uh, Josh Fleming, not Taj Bradley, uh, Hunter Gaddis, Gavin Stone, Dylan Covey, Austin Gomber, Tyler McGill, and Cody Bradford is going for the Rangers against the Orioles, not Dane Dunning. Looking forward to tomorrow, Nathan Evaldi and Bryce Miller are the two obvious auto starts here against the Tigers and the Yankees. Happy Memorial Day. Probable start here is Bobby Miller, the worst of the two Millers. He goes against the Nationals. I hope he becomes the better of the two Millers. I would just say that Bobby's that good. I don't think Bryce is going to get much worse. Uh, but I really like that one against the Nationals. Sonny Gray, honestly, I was tempted even to put him in a questionable start, or at least at the bottom of this one. I know you're going to do it. And I want to say that he's all fine. Curveball has been better. But it does feel very precarious at the moment, especially against the Astros. Tyler Wells is a Vargas rule against the Guardians. You have... Anthony Descafani against the Pirates, that seems pretty clear. Marcus Stroman against the Rays, odd to see him probable start, but at the same time, like, yeah, he's going to go six innings. I, I feel like that's going to be fine. J.P. France is my stream pick of the day against the Twins, that feels good to me. Taj Bradley on the other side of the uh, Stroman start against the Cubs. I think this strikeout upside is just too good, you're not going not, not to bench him. And Kopech, same idea here against the Angels, even though he's been very volatile. And I didn't like his command in the last start, even though he did well. In the questionable start tier, Logan Allen just doesn't have the same ceiling as he goes against Baltimore. I'm a little more questionable in that one than the others. That's why it's a questionable start tier. Ryan Nelson doesn't have his secondaries, but he hosts Rocky Road. Rich Hill has done well against weak teams, and it's the Giants. Uh, I could be underrating the Giants offense, but I just feel like this will be okay. Uh, Domingo Herman's coming back from his suspension. We don't know what he's going to look like against the Mariners. Griffin Canning gets the... White Sox, maybe if he has his secondaries, that will work. Michael Soroka's returning. I don't know what it is, but it is Oakland, but how long is it going to be? And what is it going to look like? I don't know, but I feel like that's a fun spec ad at the very least. Um, Adam Wainwright against the Royals, don't really care, but that could work. Mike Myers could repeat what he just did against the Cardinals. Uh, Matthew Boyd also, if he has the slider whiffs at double digits again, and everything else works, that could work out against the Rangers. And the do not start here, it's Trevor Williams against the Diders in a way. Carl Kaufman against the Diamondbacks, at least not in cores, and Paul Blackburn's return from the IL against Atlanta. No, thank you. All right, but that is it for today. Enjoy the Memorial Day weekend. But that is all. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babbits be low and your strikeouts high.